We need to be waking up to what is actually taking place in our society and to make a little godly trouble. Hi, folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we feature the incredible men and women from across the country and around the world who are making sacrifices of their time, their energy, their finances to bring about an end to abortion, um, whether in Canada or around the world. We are changing minds, saving lives, and transforming the culture. And I'm joined by a super cool guest today, um, the man behind the podcast, arguably the most important man of the show, who makes Peter and I look and sound really good. But he's not just a super awesome tech guy. He is an incredible advocate for life. Matty Halleck, how are you doing, sir? Oh, dude, it's so good to be joined uh, or to join you and be on this side of the podcast uh, to kind of put down the ones and twos and uh, be able to talk to you about my journey into into the pro-life movement so thanks for having me yeah man it is awesome to have you um for those who haven't listened to many of our other episodes we often give maddie a shout out he does all of our editing behind the scenes um and he's a huge um creative and idea guy as well who's been helping peter and i figure out this whole podcast jam but maddie i want to start off just by giving the the audience a little bit of an idea as to who you are what what makes you tick who is maddie halleck um how do you describe yourself and and just share a little bit about yourself oh that might be a long story um what makes me tick so uh yeah i guess i'm a pretty regular guy uh i I've, i grew up in kind of a small town outside of winnipeg manitoba uh, my first and greatest love when I was growing up was sports. It was sports, everything, you know, Timu Solani poster right above my wall, uh, played hockey for a long, uh, or on my ceiling, I guess, uh, played hockey for a long time. Uh, but then in high school, I got really into music. Um, I had a couple guys that I played, um, some sports with that also got into music at the same time. And then I realized, you know, as I was starting to play some music, I, I got better at drums than I was at hockey. Um, and that was a difficult, uh, kind of identity moment. But then I started getting into music and, um, you know, the, the Lord blessed me with, uh, some fun experiences and some good times. So I actually played drums in all different types of bands and was able to, um, tour across Canada a little bit in the States as well. Um, I signed a, a major uh, label record deal when I was 18 year old, 18 years old, playing in a metal band, um, <laughs> recorded a super sick uh, record with one of my favorite producers that broke up immediately after. And, uh, uh, you know, that's why I'm not, uh, you know, a super rock star. Uh, so that's kind of what I do. And then, um, you know, the Lord saved me uh, actually while I was on tour, uh, you know, I don't know, some, a decade or so ago now. And since then I've, I've been getting into Christian apologetics, um, learning how to defend the faith, uh, talk to a lot of my friends and family who, uh, don't have the same worldview as me. And, you know, that was kind of my journey into eventually, uh, as the Lord would have it, uh, getting into pro-life apologetics and the pro-life movement. Love it. And I'm going to dive into that in just one sec. I promised you beforehand that I wasn't going to go off the script, but I have to do it just now. I apologize that I'm going off script right away because you also have a super cool podcast that you yourself and one of your buddies runs. And I don't know when I'm going to weave this into the interview other than here. And so with your Christian apologetics, with your um, 
very, very deep faith, like share a little bit about your podcast. Let's give a little bit of promo for, for what you've got going on on the side. Thanks for giving me that uh, shameless plug. I definitely forgot to mention that. Maybe that's a bad thing. But yeah, I've been doing a podcast with my dear friend, Nick. It started with another friend, Cal, as well. Um, And we've just been doing it. We're on to like bi-weekly podcasts. So we do one on Thursdays. Wednesdays? It's Wednesdays. It used to be Thursdays. On Wednesdays and um, Saturdays as well. And we just basically our Wednesday podcast, it's kind of going through cultural apologetics or systematic theology or looking at creeds and confessions and kind of doing apologetics and stuff like that. And then our, uh, our Saturday episode, it's, it's called scripture Saturdays. We just walk verse by verse through the Bible to kind of take out of the Bible, uh, the principles that are therein and really try in, uh, our motto is look at the world through gospel glasses. So we try and apply those principles to our, our daily lives. And, um, certainly it's through scripture and applying those principles that, you know, I think uh, being a part of the pro-li- pro-life movement is is something that um, is necessary for Christians to engage in. Fantastic. And and I, I've been honored to be a guest on the show. It's been a, a great show to tune into yeah. here and there. And we'll throw in the show notes how you can learn more about that, um, that podcast. Hmm. But let's dive into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We want to learn about your journey and the role that you're doing in the movement. So Walk us through, how, how do you go from um, a, a guy in a, a band and playing sports? I, I must say, I s- certainly appreciate um, your sports knowledge. Um, there aren't a ton of people at CCBR who have um, a significant sporting background. And so I love being able to chew the fat with you about different sport teams and whatnot. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey into the pro-life movement and what that's looked like over the last couple of years here. Yeah, so that's a that's a good question. It was kind of a dramatic moment for me, as I'm sure it is with most uh, people. But uh, so, like I said, I kind of I got saved. I wasn't abortion wasn't on my radar, not something that I thought about. Um, but then I I was listening to a Ministry Apologia, and they they put me on to a documentary that our good friend from Florida, John Barros, is centered in. Um, that's when I was first put on to him, and since then I've been able to become friends with John and and Tony Miano, who's also f- featured in that as well. But uh, it, the moment. A moment in that video really changed uh, my life forever, and certainly that uh, that documentary do- documentary "Babies Are Murdered Here" put abortion on my radar. And there's a moment in it where um, Dr. R.C. Sproul Jr. is uh, describing surgical abortion um, vividly, and uh, I just remember sitting there listening to it and just trying to absorb his words and just being totally overcome, you know, ball sitting on my couch, bawling by myself at home, you know, uh, just really distraught. And then, you know, the first uh, thing that kind of popped into my mind is, geez, uh, you know, this can't be real. Like certainly this stuff isn't happening in our society uh, because if it were, that is, just totally unbelievably unjust. And I've always kind of been somebody who, uh, you know, I've worked with people with uh, physical and mental disabilities. I've always really been an advocate for uh, vulnerable, weaker people in our society to come and come alongside them and uh, care for them and give them the, the, the help that they need. And 
I just thought of me like, you know, this is this is the the biggest victim. This is the the most innocent victim that we could possibly do this horrible act to. And sure enough, I stopped the video, did some research. And yeah, like it wasn't hyperbole. It wasn't um, it, it wasn't made up. It, it, it's true. These things actually take place in our culture. And then in looking at that, I, I finally uh, came face to face with the actually visible uh, visible evidence of what abortion does to the preborn and and that gruesome imagery that Dr. R.C. Sproul did such a good job at uh, depicting in his words, you know, really took on flesh and bone in, in that picture that I was able to see. And then as uh, so many people have said through their journey, uh, my life was changed from that point out. And to add on to that, I so we were doing a Bible study out of my house and then we were uh, we were kind of going out with that group that night and to like a fancy dinner to hang out and everything. And I'm pretty sure I ruined the entire dinner because <laughs> from that point out, I the whole night. All I talked about is like, did you know that this is what happens in abortion? And this is how, you know, I became a crazy zealot. But, you know, then <laughs> then um, it was something that I I, I knew uh, must that we must deal with and we must talk about on the podcast. And, you know, as God would have it, uh, I actually through meeting John, he put me on to CCBR and then I got connected up with Kyle in Manitoba, then connected up with you in Calgary and uh, through the Lord's providence, I've, I've been able to come on staff with CCBR. Boom. And, and we, we thank God for that. I mean, you've been a, a huge component of our Manitoba team. You have been doing a ton of work with the volunteers there. You've been working with the podcast, you've been doing a lot of really good creative stuff with us. And so you've been part of the CCBR team for the last, I, I want to say two and a half, three years sort of thing. I, I feel like 2020 entirely disappeared for me. So I, I don't know if that's gone. true. Maybe they, yeah. more, the year more than a year, was. less than a year. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. So I, I still remember the first time that you came out here to Calgary for our crash course and and a little bit of time to work with me on, on CCBR and what we're all about and, and onboard you onto staff. Since that time, since you've been working full-time in the movement, or I, I guess working part-time through your studies as well, I suppose, I'm sure you've got a whole bunch of really different memories, probably very different from your time working in your other jobs and in the band and all that sort of thing. I'm curious, is there a memory or two that stands out, an experience that, that you often think of, and, and whether it's thinking of with a, a smile on your face or a grimace on your face, or whatever it may be, over these last couple of years of, of very active pro-life engagement, is, is there a time or a memory that really stands out to you? Um, yeah, and, and couldn't you share that with us? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's such a blessing to be a part of a team of like-minded individuals from all different walks of life, right? You know, I'm a dirtbag who played <laughs> music my whole life and and kind of, you know, uh, had very different experiences than a lot of, you know, our, our colleagues who were raised in Christian homes and were brought up pro-life. And um, But then we get that wonderful experience of uh, being a part of the pro-life movement with people of all various Background, some post-abortive, uh, you know, as well, and hearing from their experience. So the time that I got to spend with you guys in Calgary was awesome. Uh, kind of, that was, you know, my uh, immersion, my baptism into the the, the pro-life movement, and that was really great and uh, uh, informative. And 
that's kind of been a jumping off point for me. And I like, I, I don't have a great memory of being able to remember uh, word for word conversations and stuff. But since then, I've been able to talk to so many different people about abortion from all walks of life and um, really to just be able to in an issue where there's more heat than there's light a lot of the times to be able to talk to our friends and neighbors across Canada and and to really appeal to their hearts and minds on the issue of abortion and try and get away from a lot of the crazy rhetoric and get down to the nitty gritty of what abortion is and what does it do to the preborn and being able to minister to people uh, who are hurting and broken through that ministry is always what stands out to me. I mean, uh, I, I've been very blessed, uh, you know, in the last lo- little while, like we get to see minds changed all the time. And each and every um, time we get to see that happen, it's it's a it's a huge blessing um, to, to find common ground, to be able to, uh, to bring people along and and show them how a- abortion is a human rights violation. And even in those most difficult circumstances, because it in and of itself inherently is a moral evil. It's never an appropriate solution to those issues. And to be able to see those lights click uh, for people, to be able to bring them along and help them understand that the victims of abortion are, are in a way, the perfect victims, in a, to put it kind of uh, gruesomely, but because they are voiceless and they can't fight back for themselves. And to see the lights flick on when they're like, hey, we've done this in the past. And it hasn't worked out well. And to see them put those things together, that's always, it always stands out for me. And it's, it's always great to be able to have those conversations. And then there's uh, times uh, specifically where you, you and I, we, uh, I know, you know, most of what we do is kind of head apologetics. We, we kind of make a distinction between heart and head apologetics. Um, but those a few times where you really get to minister to hurting broken people. I remember one time we were at uh, the U of W here, just, just, you know, two minute walk from where my house is. Um, the U of W W's radical left. It's, it's, they do their best to just be rabidly pro-abortion. And whenever we go out there, it's quite the scene. And um, we went out there one time and I had the double wide sign and I was having people spit at me and it was, you know, generally a contentious day. Um, But that, and then we had some counter protesters come alongside too and try to like block our signs and everything. And then uh, in the Lord's providence, I was able to have a conversation with a, a young man named Noah and we were having a great conversation, bringing along, through the apologetic and then one of the counter protesters came up to me to kind of try and interfere in that conversation to kind of derail it but um you know by god's grace i was able to uh keep on focus and and then in talking about abortion i could really see that she was um really emotional she was very upset she started crying and in that moment, I was able to switch into you just ministering to her, to coming alongside her and talking about her experience and everything. And uh, so much so that she was then able to, at the end of the conversation, though she didn't change her mind 100%, she thanked us for coming out and uh, thanked me for having a conversation with her. So though we didn't make her fully pro-life, those are the experiences that you get to have when you come out is to see somebody who is totally adversarial to you, but then 
through building common ground with them, you're able to show them how abortions morally unacceptable it's it's a moral evil but then you also get those moments to preach the gospel to minister to broken people uh where they're at and that's why it's such a great opportunity and something that all christians should be a part of because it really does open doors to uh ministering to to hurting people yeah and i love the way that you frame that maddie of how how this really opens the door for so much other conversation we, we talked to so many people about how and if and when and all that kind of stuff as to merging the pro-life conversation with the gospel message. And I, I think that you hit the hammer, uh, hit the nail right on the head with the hammer, I should say, um, in that one often flows into the other. It's not a matter of one and then the other or whatever. They're, they're intimately tied together and then often they merge from one into the other. I, I think that's such a beautiful way to put it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I go for it. Well, um, oh, yeah, more on yeah. that. Well, Give me more so- on that. So I I also think we got to be careful in in what we're talking about as well, because I think a lot of times the church has kind of truncated the gospel. We've made it really, really tiny and we've made it about personal piety, right? It's just about my personal uh, salvation. But the gospel is a total worldview that totally changes everything. And if we boil the gospel down to, as you can, to the person and work of Christ, well, Christ's work is far bigger than just saving individuals. Praise God, he saves individuals that are wrecks like you and I, Cam. But um, his the scope of his work is far beyond just individual salvation. He's the, the scope of the fall, which is the fall of the cosmos, is the scope of his redemption and salvation. And we as Christians have direct marching orders from our God to hold back those who are being led to the slaughter. In the Great Commission, we're taught to teach people of all nations, tribes, tongues, to obey all that Christ has taught us. So being involved in pro-life ministry is not totally distinct from doing gospel work. It is a part of bringing the good news of Jesus Christ and the bad news that we don't measure up to God's standard to bear on issues that are real, that that it, to to bring it to people who are hurting and to ha- enter into those conversations on these important topics with the people in your community. So sometimes, you know, I I get the distinction we make, but sometimes we make it too, uh, we divide it too much. And um, in doing so, yeah, we don't see how these two, uh, two works uh, kind of intermingle and, and the form a synergy kind of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that that's a perfect note to to transition towards this final call to action. It's something that, that you and I and Peter and Attila and the rest of the team with this podcast and the whole group at CCBR, we've talked about how one of our goals is to mobilize Christians, mobilize people who hold the pro-life worldview and who know they have this calling to engage their peers, their friends, their family members, random members of their community what kind of call to action would you give to somebody who might either listen to this um, episode or uh, share it towards somebody who is thinking about getting involved or maybe they've never really thought about getting involved in the pro-life movement? What words of encouragement or, or challenge would you offer them to 
take that next step to get more actively involved in the pro-life movement and and start trying to work together with the movement and by God's grace to change minds, save lives and transform this culture? Yeah, well, I mean, primarily, if we're Christian, I've already said it, we're called to do it. It's a command that God gives us. It's a non-negotiable uh, Proverbs 24 says it brilliantly. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Not only is it a command, but God says, yeah, all those excuses, no, those aren't going to fly. <laughs> you know, it's a command with a with an exclamation mark. Um, so part of the Decalogue, thou shall not kill. That comes with the mandate for Christians to in, get involved in preserving life, in, in, in creating a culture of life. Um, the earliest Christians, so one of the earliest Christian documents that we have, the Didache, it shows that Christians were actively fighting exposure and abortion in the Roman world. That, that type of work is what turn the world upside down. Christians were made fun of and ridiculed for being the party of the widows and the orphans because they were so actively involved in culture, in putting to death those things that promote the culture of death. And that's what we have to get back to. For those who are not Christians, we have to realize if you believe in human rights what we're experiencing in Canada is the violation of 300 little human beings, human rights on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's the most basic of human rights, which is the human right to life without which no other rights matter. It doesn't matter where you, what you want to do, where you want to go to school, what you want to wear. If you're dead, every other right is superfluous. So we need to be active in this because if we're not going to honor the most basic right that we have that's pre-civic, it's, it's not a right that government gives us. It's a right that governments, if they're going to be legitimate, must respect. We need to get active in fighting for this cause because if we want to talk about justice in our society, if we want to talk about truth and reconciliation and all these things that we're talking about, we have to face the truth of abortion, we have to repent of our negligence and our complicity in it, and then be reconciled to the God who forgives us for that negligency, and then be reconciled to our man and then preach the truth, be ambassadors to them about the truth of what's happening in our neighborhoods. Um, totally taxpayer funded, making every Canadian complicit in this act. That's the reality of what we're facing with. So, I mean, I, I can't give a better uh, call to arms than just saying we need to be waking up to what is actually taking place in our society and to make a little godly trouble. That's my call to action. 
Bingo. And let this be that alarm clock wake up call for you who are listening, for your friends and peers. Share this around far and wide because we, as Maddie said, need more people who are courageously stepping up to the plate. And we want to equip you with the tools that you need, right? Because conversations about abortion can be daunting, they can be overwhelming, they can be challenging. But that's the goal of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, to equip you with the tools that you need to change minds, save lives, and be a part of transforming our culture. God is so good. He has helped us, um, and, and He has used us to change so many minds and transform so many lives already. But we need more people who courageously step up to the plate. And so if you want to learn more about how to have good conversations about abortion, check on our website, ProLifeGuys.com. Check on all of our content out there. Every Tuesday, we're posting more and more apologetics-oriented content. And every Thursday, you get an episode like this where you get to see one of the cool people who are working in the movement, either in a a staff position, a volunteer position, whatever it may be. Um, Meet the people of Canada and the global pro-life movement. And check out our monthly episodes of the Pulse, where we try to highlight all of the important and interesting abortion-related news spoken to from a pro-life perspective. If you want to learn more, check out the website, as I mentioned, prolifeguys.com. Find us on your favorite podcast catcher or on YouTube. Thanks so much, Maddie, for joining us, and I hope each and every one of you tuning in has a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, and God bless you all.